Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a and welcome to the Dork Forest. This is Jackie Cation. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com, for no particular reason, except it made me laugh. And uh, let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the theme to the Dork Forest. He will sing again at the end. He has made up lyrics to the Mexican hat dance, and he'll sing again at the end. In the beginning, he sings with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. Vilmos fixes my website. JackieCation.com. So you can go to his, uh, on the bottom, HiredGunCodingIThink.com and get your website done if you like with Vilmos. And then Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. I'm using lavaliers in the middle of, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hopefully he will, well, it'll, it'll be lovely because he can fix things. It's December. Uh, I'm about to do a show in Phoenix, Arizona, opening for Brian Regan. Me and everyone who's ever, I guess, opened for him, everyone's doing fives. And then we're going to hang out. And that's exciting at the Comerica Arena in Phoenix. 5,000 people. Very exciting. That is comedy. And then in January, all of, most of January, I am in New York City doing various shows and a live dork forest at the New York Podcast Festival. And then at the end of January, I'm at Acme in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the old home club. Very fun. Now, it is December, so for the rest of the month, if you find a food bank and donate to them, don't donate to the Dork Forest this month, find a food bank. Google the name of your town, village, or city and the words food bank, and it will pop up. And then give them the 10, 20, or 100 bucks that you were going to give the Dork Forest. And that'll be, that'll be good. In January, I'll be back to shilling for me. If you were to want a Dork Forest item, or one of my new CDs uh, or DVD, you would go to JackieCation.com and the store. You can get yourself a Ranger of the Dork Forest or the old Dork Forest T-shirts designed by Brett Chambers, the Ranger T-shirt designed by Sam and Bemel Benrude, my nephew. And they're American-made, union-made T-shirts, so they run big because they're made by Americans. And they are $25. That includes shipping. You can get a hoodie, a zip hoodie, and that is $50 domestic, $60 international. And that, too, includes shipping. Those are not union-made because I wasn't going to make a lot of them, but for some reason I have two of each size. So you can buy them until they're done, and uh, that's about it. You'll get trinkets and that type of thing. And stand-up has been mentioned. Credits have been mentioned. How about all allthingscomedy.com? They're the podcast host for The Dork Forest. You could also email me if you ever want to do that, Jackie at JackieCation.com. Tell me what's going on. I, I read those letters very, very slowly in the dork addendums. I'm still in 2012. So, and then you can review the show on iTunes if you like. That's supposed to be a thing. My new album, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, which is also available as a video DVD with some bonus, with a bonus track, um, was on Vulture's top 11 comedy specials of the year. So I'm very proud of that. Let's get into the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, Rangers. My name is Joe Wilson, and some of you might recognize my voice from the first two years of The Dork Forest when I co-hosted with Jackie. I left the forest to tell stories, and I'd like to tell you one. This story is both a live-action series 
and a graphic novel. The live-action series has cast members like Marsha Wallace, who was the voice of Edna Krabappel on The Simpsons, Kirsten Vangsness, who you might know as Penelope Garcia on Criminal Minds. The story is about Don, a hitman who dies, does the whole light at the end of the tunnel thing, and hears the voices of people he killed, and comes back to life very inspired not to die ever. So he arranges to become a vampire, and never planned on biting his wife, but then he got hungry, and his wife bit her mother, who is now moving in for eternity. Vampire Mob. It's a comedy, a drama, has a little action, a lot of swearing, <laughs> and uh, you can watch and read it right now for free at VampireMob.com. Thanks. I hope you enjoy it. VampireMob.com. Hey folks, welcome I am playing the Ann Arbor Showcase in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, oddly enough. And so I'm sitting in my hotel room with friend of the show, uh, Beth Schumann. Welcome to the program. Hello. You are holding a tiny lavalier. I have a little lav. A little lav that I don't have clips for. But Patrick Brady was like, you should definitely do this instead of hold the Zoom at people. <laughs> and so we're. I'm trying it. I'm giving it a shot. Yep. And this, it sounds pretty good in my, in my headphones. So I think it's going to be... A good idea. So it's okay. at Beth Schumann on Twitter. That's right. And it's uh, Beth Schumann hyphen. Korsinski? No. Or just all one word? No. Three words all <laughs> three together. Words. Beth Schumann and Korchinski is the last word. <laughs> K-O-R-C-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. Right. Phonetic it's, if you're it's Polish. It's a beautiful, beautiful right. Polish name. Yes. It's very nice. Well, you know, as you know, Jackie, I actually used to live in California and right. have only recently moved to the Midwest. And We're- the one thing I will say is that very few people mispronounce my Korchinski. real last name here yeah. as opposed to in California. Sunnyvale, they have no idea. They have no idea. You, here in Ann Arbor, last night I ate at uh, the European restaurant uh, right around the corner from the from the new place where the comedy club is. The Amadeus, it's called, the European restaurant. And uh, it is when they when they say European, they mean Polish. Yeah, they mean, mean Polish. I think they, they mean, mean Eastern, yeah, Eastern Europe. Exactly. Yeah, it's exciting. So yeah, because well, actually, we had to travel about an hour and a half in California to get to a really, really good Eastern European restaurant. Yes. Well, Sunnyvale, that's, <laughs> you could get Vietnamese sandwiches uh, right out your ears. Right. And now yeah. here in Ann Arbor, there's only two places I know of where you can get a Vietnamese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for them for having any access exactly. to the Vietnamese exactly. sandwich. Uh, if you haven't had a Vietnamese sandwich, my friends, uh, get get yourself out there. A bon me. A bon me. With an H. B-A-H-N. Right. No, I think it's B-A-N-H. Oh, that'll happen. <laughs> you know that I, in college, I wrote uh, a 20 page paper about uh, Gandhi for my Indian political science class, and I spelled Gandhi wrong the entire, uh, <laughs> actually, not the entire one. It would have been better if I would have picked one. I uh, spelled it with an H in the beginning, and then I spelled it with an H at the end, just mixing it up. Uh, one of my friends I said, all I would have failed you. I w- totally would have failed you, but my teacher was uh, Indian, and so very, very mellow. He yeah. was like, it doesn't matter really. Uh, because probably, it's an acceptable spelling no matter what, you know. There's... Well, it's all in English anyway. Exactly. So that's what I mean. You're just like, I wonder. Literated or whatever. Yeah. Who, who picked that anyway? Yeah. The British. <laughs> yeah, right. And so they're like, do whatever you want. What do we care? We're used to being marginalized. That's <laughs> yeah. what the Indians were probably. That's right. And that's uh, like, uh, we don't care how you spell exactly. it. Exactly. It's very warm here. You were on an earlier episode of The Dark yes. Forest and it was you and somebody else and I've spaced. Oh, uh, it was. Oh, really? Mm, Good for you. Mike. His name Lee? was Mike. Might have been Mike Lee. That sounds about right. He it was had, back yeah. when I was having two people on yeah. because I didn't know 
It's a learned skill, the podcasting, the yeah. interviewing and all that. But I like to do the one-on-one now. I'm pro that. Unless it's a live one, then it's a panel and it's a dork free-for-all as far as Markley, I can tell. Markley. 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 Nice work. Right. <laughs> and then you spoke of Shakespeare. Yes. And now you've come back and you say your new dorkdom is fungus That's mushrooms. correct. Fungus. Hallucinogenic <laughs> mushrooms? No, but, um, you know, I also do comedy, so I've started doing a joke where I say that I have a new hobby, mushrooms, and of course, <laughs> everyone, that's the first thing they think of, you right. know, because we're all very mature, and <laughs> so uh, my tag then, in order to get the laugh, is I am tripping my balls off right now. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fallopian balls. Exactly. Lady. <laughs> my lady balls. <laughs> Are all trippy. Um, yeah, so actually I've been kind of into mushrooms for a while since meeting the, the Korchinski person. Um, because Eastern Europeans are, that's like their national pastime. Like we have baseball and they have mushroom foraging. Mushroom foraging. Yes. That's your fellas that, that, that. So he, my, he my, yes. So my husband introduced me on one of our early first dates. We went mushroom hunting, but we went mushroom hunting at De La Viega um, Park in Santa Cruz, you know, so it's like beautiful and, you know, so it really wasn't. So so it it was a beautiful hike. It was a hike. And then he was like, I happen to know what mushrooms are edible and what are not. Right. Well, it was during the weekend of the fungus fair that they have every year. That's awesome. Santa Cruz has a fungus fair. Santa Cruz has a fungus fair once a year. And, um, (laughs) it's always, it's always, I think, right after the first of the year. So. Right. Um, and, uh, so it might be coming up soon, I guess. Sure. But, uh, so it was the weekend of the fungus fair. And what they'll do is if you go foraging that day, you can bring your stuff in to have it identified by their experts, you oh, know, wow. as part of like the activities yeah, yeah. at the fungus fair. And they're, and they're cool with you picking mushrooms. <laughs> like no, nobody has any problem. You, well, you, you know, mean, you're not supposed to pick flowers. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, yes. And it depends, I think, on where you are. Like, certainly private land, you can right, pick what please. you want to. Um, the, the interesting thing about that is a mushroom is a fruiting body. So it's kind of like picking an apple off of a tree. Oh, more will grow. More will grow. Okay. The the majority of the mushroom is of the fungus, actually. The mushroom is the part we see, but the business end of the organism (laughs) is the, is the, um, the root? Well, it's underground. It's, um, it's called, um, the, um, what the hell is a mushroom? Oh, now I'm forgetting the word. Uh, it's a myco something or other. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's made out of like these little thin hairs. Um, you know, like if you kind of actually pull a, a mushroom off the end of a log, like if it's, de- you know, eating yeah. on a decayed log or whatever, you might see some of those like little thin, Hairs. The word, of course, is, is escaping is me entirely now, but it will come. It will come eventually. Sure. Um, but yeah, so the mushroom part is the fruiting body. It's the sex organ of, oh, of the fungus. They are sexy. I they love are. a fucking mushroom. You know, um, I'm there's, yeah, they're really, there's so many cool ones and cool looking things and everything. So we went to this fungus fair and, um, we were looking for porcini, right? Which is, you know, one of the top, quality mushrooms. Everyone's looking for them gourmet. They're very expensive in the store. Okay. 
And I think I bent over to tie my shoe or something like that and came face to face with something called a fluted black elfin saddle. Now, yeah. come on. That is the greatest name that ever. That is almost the greatest name ever. And, um, so I, I, they're, they're little, they're, they're black, they're right. incredibly hard to find. Um, and <laughs> so, and on my first mushroom foraging ever, I like accidentally find these things. These rare, be- and are they beautiful? They're really cool looking. They're really yeah. cool looking. Um, and they're called elfin saddles because they're, I mean, it looks like a little elf could sit on their back and okay. ride them somewhere, but they're teeny tiny. So like it wouldn't be big like elves. It would have to be more like, like yeah, a- they're like pinky size. It'd have okay. to be more like little fairies could probably ride them, <laughs> but not elves. But anyway, um, <laughs> Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell could, like right. Saddle. And sure. so we brought them into the fungus fair thing and the guy's like, Oh wow. Where did you find these? These are so hard to find just yeah. because. I don't know if they're rare, but mostly just because of the color and they're really small. Like they're just hard to distinguish on the ground. You're looking yeah, at you, the ground. Yeah, people don't you know? necessarily see. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, they're edible also, but we didn't eat them because I was like a little. I, I, this it was is your to first me. One. It was my first one, and this is actually something that's quite interesting when you tell people you're into mushrooms. Is like yeah. the reaction people have about, and you eat them, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Are, are, are they like because mushrooms can be poisonous? They'll, or are oh, they, yeah. are, because I know that, uh, I hung out with a guy, um, back in the nineties who, uh, Kevin Andrus Willington the third is what I call him. He, uh, he's an artist and he's a great artist, but, uh, his name was Kevin Andrus and he legally changed it to Wellington for numer, uh, numerology reasons. Oh, cool. And, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> we do not judge here at the Dork Forest. So I've always called him Kevin Andrus Willington the <laughs> third. Yeah. And he's a great artist, but, uh, he, macrobiotic and, and, we were driving to go sell merch. We, I was working at Northern Sun Merchandising, hippie skippy t-shirt poster shop. Yeah. And we were driving to Colorado with a, with a truck full of t-shirts and posters and whatnot to sell at some eco thing. Um, and we stopped at Pine Ridge Reservation because he wanted to pick, he wanted to look for, uh, there were berries and stuff. And so we're wandering around and he's looking at the ground. And he's like, look at this fruited thing. And I was like, that's on the ground. You don't want to eat that. And he's like, that's where food comes from, Jackie. The ground. That's, yeah. uh, it's growing out of the earth. And it was the first time I really realized, I mean, my grandmother had a garden when I was a kid, but I, you know, it was a tomato. It was a bell pepper. It was a zucchini. It right. wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a weird spiky fruit that coming off of a desert plant in the right. middle of a reservation. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that is actually kind of, you know, so it I takes think that's a, how people creeped out, kind of. Yeah, I mean, especially maybe our generation, you know, before, like, our parents, it was uncool to, you know, grow your own food. Right, like, right, you were was, poor if you grew your own food, you know? <laughs> right. Now, right. it's the thing to do for health reasons and, you know, yeah, to save the planet and circle, everything. Man. Yeah. But our parents were like, oh, look, if it doesn't come out of a can, it's not space age enough for my children. Right, and- exactly. We're, we're on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that is so true. Yeah, though, because we had space age, space age foods. You yeah, know, it was all so. tang, and mm-hmm. we we're like, well, this is you know, the, if you add water to it, it's Willy Wonka food, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. people are kind of freaked out about food coming out of the ground, and not only that, but food that looks different from what they're used to eating. Food, oh, right. You know, right? Because like, people fear fear the weird. Yeah, I mean, you find wild carrots and you pull them up, and they're teeny tiny little misshapen things. Yeah, but they're still carrots. But and I. 
taste amazing. And they taste amazing. But other people are like, I'm, I don't think I should be eating that. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> get processed and Monsanto didn't have anything to do with it. So they make everything look pretty. Right. So, but, so, so that's your first time foraging and you find that. So you guys didn't eat that. Did the no. guy, did the guy keep them? No, no, no. Actually, I guess we left them with him. So I don't know what he did. Maybe he yeah. ate them. I don't really know. I'm not even sure if they're supposed to be like, cause mushrooms really kind of fall into a lot of different edibility categories, you know, like, I mean, there are no, the deadly, deadly, deadly ones that what are, you, which ones are they? Well, Any idea um, yeah, there's, um, there, there's one that a lot of people die from oh, really? <laughs> every year. <laughs> Um, they call it the death angel or the destroying angel. Wow. Yeah. And, um, I'm really not very good with Latin names. That's one of the things right. I want to get better at, but I believe it's some sort of an Amanita. Um, but, um, but are so, they- so this one is, it's kind of, it's, it's really pretty. It's of white <laughs> and it's very, it calls to you from across the forest floor, you know, because and it it's looks like glimmery. a memory. Oh, it's, it's like a, it's like a perfect mushroom shape with a cap and a stem and it's, it's kind of white with a golden sheen and it wow. just looks so nice. But apparently like just one bite of that is enough to shut down all your organ functions. So right. yeah. Um, okay. And then so don't just randomly eat mushrooms. Do people. not. Oh, please. That's <laughs> the number one rule is if you can't identify it to the species, you are not supposed to eat it. Yeah. And number two is you're not supposed to eat mushrooms raw. Even the stuff you buy at the store. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, you're probably you going to be okay. And stuff, <clears throat> yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, you'll probably be okay with those. But all fungus have some sort of mild amount of toxin in them that's better to cook off. Okay. And so, you know, I mean, most people just don't probably eat enough of those, like, raw mushrooms all at once to actually feel a discomfort. Yeah, mushrooms are expensive. But if you (laughs) were to sit and eat a whole bunch of raw mushrooms, you might end up just not really feeling very good at least. Oh, interesting. So so there's the super deadly, deadly ass (laughs) fungus. And then there's, um, then there's ones that are like, they're going to make you sick. I really would not recommend that at all. Then there's ones that are kind of like re- not really digestible. They're inedible because they're too woody. You know, you can't really digest it. Okay. Um, and then, then you get the edible category. And in the edible category, there's a whole bunch that are probably edible, but why, why bother? You they're know, not tasty or? they're not super tasty. They're too little. You have to do too much cleaning or extra <laughs> peel something off right. of them or whatever. What's the point? And then you have the choice category. You right. Know? So and the choice so, category are like the, the buttons and the porcinis. Well, the so buttons are a little tough because um, they're, they look like so many other things that could be poisonous. So if you're foraging in the woods, you don't want to grab something that looks like a button mushroom you'd find in the right. grocery store. But like the porcinis, the bolites, that's in the bolite? The, the bolite um, genus or whatever. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to get better at the Latin names. That's right. like one of my things. Um, um, there's oyster mushrooms. Oh, yeah. yeah. So oyster mushrooms, you can buy those in a store. They, they They're actually. They're kind of tall and skinny. Is that right? Um, those are straw mushrooms. Those are the hinoki, I think, or the, okay. or hinoki yeah, or whatever, Japanese straw mushrooms. But the oyster mushrooms, they'll sell them at Whole Foods or other places like that because they can be cultivated. They'll sell pink ones and yellow ones. And oh, wow. I think my current Facebook profile picture is of a pink 
oyster mushroom that looks a little ladylike. Oh, um, that's a pretty one. It's sort of pretty. It yeah. looks a little pornographic, actually. But um, sure, it's a, a little Georgia. Uh, it's Georgia a Georgia O'Keefe mushroom. <laughs> exactly, that's what it is. So the mystery. Yeah, <laughs> the mystery of the mushroom. So in California, you know, I lived there for over twenty years, and um, you you get fantastic. Uh, bolites, porcinis, you know, just, oh man, fantastic. But mushrooms, they, they pop out of the ground. They, they're triggered by, um, the, uh, rainfall. And oh. you know, it only rains in California like two or three times a year, but when right. it does, buckets of rain come down. And right. <clears throat> so we had more limited mushroom season in, in California. Oh, for looking for mushrooms. For looking for mushrooms. Okay. Right. Wow. That's why the fair is at a certain time of year, I exactly. bet. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, and actually all mushrooms, pretty much all mushrooms, um, fruit at a certain time of year and whatever it is, causes and conditions come together and that, you know. And that's what it and is. That's what, what time it of is. year is it? So in, um, California, because it usually only rains in the winter, that's really mushroom season is in the late fall and the winter. Like I found some of the best mushrooms right around Thanksgiving time all the way through to January. Oh, wow. Uh huh. And, um, cause you want it to rain and then warm, warm up for a little teeny bit and that'll kind of get the mushrooms popping. Right. Cause they're, they're a fungus. So what, what is, cause they grow out of like, Dead trees? Yeah, or? so they grow on everything. Um, it's called, I, re- I remembered the word, it's mycelia. <laughs> mycelia. <laughs> mycelia. And, um, so actually fungus are everywhere. Um, everywhere. You, everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. You probably have some inside of your, it's probably part of your DNA that you, that's not your DNA. They okay. tell us that a large percentage of the stuff that we carry around with our bodies every day is not our own DNA. And there's probably some fungus in there too. Um, If you have athlete's foot, you're carrying fungus around with you. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a pretty obvious uh, fungi. So is fungus good or bad? If fungus is neutral, like uh, pretty much everything in the world, there are... (laughs) It can be used for good or evil? It can be used for good or evil. Um, So so fungus... um, they're everywhere. There's teeny tiny ones. Lichen is a kind of a fungus. It's actually fungus and algae that have a symbiotic relationship is actually what lichen is. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had, I didn't know that either. It was kind of fascinating. Um, and lichen grows on trees, right? And rocks and, oh, and stuff rocks. like that. Okay, yeah. yeah. It grows on trees. It grows on rocks. It grows on like it's just stumps and everything. Yeah. yeah. So then within what we normally call a mushroom, they, they refer to those, um, that category as kind of macro fungi, right? Because okay. you can see it, I oh, guess. Right, Cause they're big. Cause they're big and yeah. you can see them. So, um, so they grow, um, there are ones that are, I think the word is saprophytic. I don't, I'm not yeah. good with yeah, fancy yeah. words, but saprophytic, I think, and um, means it grows on dead stuff. Okay. And then, um, most of them are actually mycorrhizal, which means they grow in a kind of a symbiotic relationship with, um, roots of other plants and trees. There are, um, some trees that wouldn't be able to get enough nutrients if it weren't for the relationship they have with the fungus that grows around their root system. Fungus are the second largest, um, I guess, I don't know, family of, 
of things right. besides insects. Okay, so there's more oh. insects than there are types of fungus. More but types the, types of insects than there are types of fungus. But, but it's the second. thing? It's the second thing. <laughs> Holy um, crap! It's um, fungus are more closely related to animal kingdom than to plant kingdom. People oh. think they're a plant, yeah. but they're kind of in the middle. They're not a plant because they don't use chlorophyll, you know, or whatever. To, they don't produce their own food. They eat externally, you know. They eat externally mm-hmm. and they do, do they like, you know, how like there's carbon dioxide and then oxygen. Do they do that? that I, sort of I'm not, I'm not sure. Right. Um, I'm not sure what gases are involved. <laughs> In the process. Fair but enough. I know that um, what happens is the mycelia, as they kind of grow through the soil, they ex- excrete um, right. enzymes that break down their food source and then they digest it. So they work the same way we do, only That's they – We excrete our enzymes inside of ourselves. And they do it externally. And they do it externally. Oh, so they digest their food and um, – And that's how they spread. That's and how they that's grow. How, and so that's, that's, that's how they feed. Okay. And then when it's time for them to spread and grow, what they do is they pop up a, a – a basiliocarp, a fruiting body, um, which is the mushroom, what we see as the mushroom, that thing produces spores, which um, get either picked up by the wind or sometimes, um, depending on the kind of mushroom, they rely on animals eating them and depositing their spores elsewhere. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and that's how they spread. And they have to land on something that is going to be a food source and be able to germinate as well. So, right, right. Yeah. That, okay, so I saw a Jamie Oliver TV show on the Food Network. And he found a giant mushroom coming out of a tree. And it was called a hen of the woods. Yes. Have you ever seen one of those in real yes, life? Yes. And I actually found one this year that was about probably um, 15 pounds maybe. It was pounds. huge. I, I found it on a tree that had three of them. It had a big one, a medium-sized one, and a little one. And I left the little one as a gift to the forest. Yeah. <laughs> and I took, <laughs> and the, took other the other two. two. Um, this is called hen of the woods um, in English. It's... Um, Grifola fondosa is its <laughs> nice, Latin name. Nice. And, um, it, it's known you as the maitake. It's known as the maitake mushroom. Oh. Okay. So you might have heard that name. Maitake is a Japanese name. It means dancing mushroom. Oh, okay. Not that the mushroom itself dances. The idea is that if you find one, you will start dancing. <laughs> yeah, they're really yes. cool looking. They're very cool and they're delicious. Uh, they're really good for you. And you have to look up. Or at least in this case, the guy had to look up. Okay, so the that might have been a chicken of the woods then, because a hen of the woods is always going to grow at the base of a tree. Oh, interesting. Yes. All right. A hen of the woods grows on oak. It's going to grow at the base of the tree. You're going to find it in the fall. Okay. Um, a chicken of the woods? A chicken of the woods grows also mostly on oak, but it could be any kind of hardwood. That one, and they're both... Um, they're, they both are parasitic, so they actually kill their host eventually. Oh, okay. Um, so it's kind of a good thing to, to cut them and eat them. Well, no. you're not killing them, the mycelia. You oh, know, the, okay. the, the business end of that thing is still <laughs> inside the tree or inside the ground or whatever. Right, you know? right. 
Oh, so, awesome. um, yeah, but, uh, the interesting thing about the, the, the hen of the woods is one of the most popular ones. I, I joined the Michigan mushroom hunters club. Oh, it's one of the most popular ones out here for people to try and find. I went mushrooming with a bunch of other mushroom geeks, right? We get along so well because we all love to talk about the same thing and people, other people roll their eyes at us, you know. But and, super fun. But you gotta know trees if you wanna find mushrooms. And that was something oh, that really? now I gotta learn effing trees too. Right. Because apparently like the, uh, maitake will only grow on oak, but it prefers <laughs> a certain red kind of- oak or something oh, like my that, God. you know. And if there's no leaves on the trees, I don't know what I'm looking at. These people are looking across the forest and going, somebody go check the back of that one over there, you know. Because they can tell from the bark? Because they can tell from the bark from a distance, you know, what kind of tree they're looking at. But I guess if you grow up in the woods. See, I grew up not in the woods. (laughs) Right. But I I, I grew up uh, adjacent to the woods. I can't, I I don't, I don't know bark from bark. And I got to learn it. Yeah. I I think, I mean, you have to want to learn it. And then I said to one of my neighbors up north, because actually where I do most of this mushroom hunting is up in Northern Michigan. We have about a hundred acres in the um, UP? No, no, it's on the um up northern part of the lower peninsula. Okay, is it on Lake Michigan or um, more in the middle? That's uh, it's not on any of the lakes. It's kind of at the top of the peninsula. It's um near Petoskey, but I guess that's Lake I don't know. That's fine. I'm I, not yeah, yeah. good at so the lakes. So it's like yet. an in, it's an inland lake. It's a it's a it's not a Lake Michigan or Lake No, but no, it's just an inland area like yeah. up north. So, I mean, it's kind of in the middle. It's actually a skiing area because there's um, you know, what we call mountains in Michigan. I know. have. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is is I've always thought of Wisconsin as being hilly, and Andy Ashcraft has uh, alerted me that it is not. It is very very flat because he grew up all, you know, right in the middle of the mountain mountain ranges of California. Oh, yeah. So he's like, yeah. "I need there to be mountains." And I was like, "Well, it's hilly. It looks kind of like Hobbit in the Shire." And he's like, Mm. It's uh it's pretty. Yeah. So that's that's where our land is <laughs> yeah. up there and um so um so, yeah, that's, see, where that's where I where you do most That's of where mushroom? I do mushroom mo- most of my mushroom hunting because we have a cabin up there. I spend like the whole summer um and we have we don't have running water. We have to oh, use really? an outhouse out out you know outside of the cabin, but we do have high Which speed it- internet because okay, we have, we have a, a satellite dish. <laughs> right, right. So we we work up there like yeah. we, you know so you I, I do contract work, so marketing, right? Yeah. So and my husband does the same. So we go up there and we work. Um, you know, so you and then can work from the cabin. I work from the cabin, and then when I'm do- done, but it's working, a real I, cabin. It's a it real does, cabin. It doesn't have heat. No heat, no, no insulation. Heat. It's only a three-season ha- cabin. And so, it has yeah. electricity, though, clearly. It has electricity. Okay. So it has electricity, and but we no have running a, water. no running water. <clears throat> and uh, I spent six weeks up there straight this past year, um, the entire month of September, and then a week e- on either end. Wow. And I took a class at the local college on on um, mushrooms of northern Michigan. Mushrooms of northern Michigan. It was so much fun, Jackie. And the other people in the class were absolutely hilarious. And my favorite part was... The first night, the woman asked us, um, why did we decide to take this class? And most people were like me. They gave the same similar answer to me, which was, you know, well, I enjoy walking through the woods (laughs) and I see all these mushrooms and I'd like to know what it is I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. And one lady said she was a... um, 
uh, she did botanical art, which I thought was very fascinating. And so she was looking for some new stuff to paint or stuff to, I don't know, or to work with. Maybe yeah. she incorporates botanical items into her art. I don't know. Right. Maybe, but the best guy was the guy yeah. who said that, um, he was a survivalist and he wanted to know what he could <laughs> eat out of the forest floor. And the reason why this was the best guy is because this guy was huge. I mean, one of the biggest mushroom <laughs> hunters I've ever seen. Like a giant man? He was a giant, big man. Like 6'6 six, six and heavy? Six, like I would say maybe 6'2 and heavy, like okay. really heavy. And he never bothered to get up out of his seat. And the whole point of the class was that we would stand around this table and like pick up mushrooms and touch them and smell them and oh, wow. talk about them and so stuff the like that. Brought in different- and the guy sat in his seat and he would like take his hand and kind of wave people out of his way so he could see. And I thought, you can't even, you're too big to stand up. Right. You are not going to survive. I don't think survival is... You're yeah. the survival of the not fittest. <laughs> this is not going to And as a person who does not work out or anything, it doesn't. And then I was collecting the um, comment sheets at the end of the class. Yeah. And uh, so when I picked up his, I happened to notice that one of his comments was not enough information about how to survive. It was like, it wasn't a survivalist <laughs> class, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, well, go for a walk every once in a while. I think that's going to help you survive. Maybe, maybe head out into the woods, Daniel Bone, <laughs> and try to figure out. Because you know what I've always wanted to do, and I've said it before here on the Dork Forest, is that I would love there to be time travel so that I could go back in time and like go to my town, South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right on Lake Michigan in this like the 1600s to have seen it when it was pristine like that. Oh yeah. But yeah. I don't know how to camp or anything. So what I really, I guess, want to do is go back in time and die of exposure. <laughs> uh, because I will never be able to really. It's so you. So she brought in, or the teacher was a man, a woman, a woman, a woman, and um, she was ab- absolutely excellent. I mean, she she really knew her stuff and has been a mycologist for years and teaching at all the various colleges and stuff like that. And so we had three classroom sessions and three foraging sessions. And so the first, um, I happened to talk to her on the phone before the first class. <clears throat> And I asked her, can I bring in some stuff that I have found around, you know, yeah. my property and I want to know what it is? She goes, oh, by all means, that's what the class kind of is. So, um, so people bring in stuff to have identified. She brings in stuff and Do you make um, sure that it's like, like at the garden center, they're like, don't bring in anything unless it's in a bag so that it doesn't contaminate other things. Well, but, but it's not, it's not a, a garden center. It's a classroom, so it's not like a lot of other things. I actually wondered about all those spores in the classroom and like if that would have a negative or anything. You know, it's not really a great idea to smell up a lot of spores. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't take a huge whiff of the spore producing end of a <laughs> of a, of a, a poisonous mushroom? Well, a I mean, idea. I mean, actually, like, the sense of smell is really important for identifying a lot of different mushrooms because some of them have a really unique smell and that's the, the way that you can tell. Oyster mushrooms are one of those. But oyster mushrooms, you can tell for a lot of other reasons. They're very easy to identify, but they okay. have this oyster mushroom smell and very um, distinct. Very distinct and um, uh, people have described it in so many different ways using words that don't make sense to me because 
I don't think you can put it into words, but once you know it, then when you smell okay. it, you're like, oh, that smells like an oyster mushroom. Like, okay. What, you know, it can't be anything else. But there are some mushrooms that smell of like that chemical that they put into gas, natural gas, so that you know when you have a natural gas leak in your house. <laughs> okay. So oh. there are mushroom, there's mushrooms that smell. There's one mushroom I just found not too long ago in Ann Arbor in a park that's called a, um, pheasant back. Ooh. A pheasant back. And um, it's actually edible, although the one I found by the time I found it was a little too old. Okay. Um, this one smells like watermelon rind. Like oh, the green part of a watermelon. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. Just weird. And there's another one that smells like um, raw potatoes. Um, huh. You know, so, so you kind of learn like what smells to associate with, with which mushrooms as well in order yeah. to identify. You know, my grandmother used to pick mushrooms when I was a kid in, in South Milwaukee. And the way she, she – I was like, well, how do you know which ones are poisonous and which ones aren't? And she was like – well, you you know how dimes are made out of silver, the old dimes. And I said, yeah. She said, I boil one with a dime, and if it doesn't turn black, it's edible. Oh, okay. So that's well, <laughs> what I don't even know. I you would know never there, do that. There may be some some types of mushrooms that that's a test for because yeah. some mushrooms are they like werewolves? put a little potassium salt on it, and if it turns purple, then it's this particular kind or oh, whatever. Really? So there are chemical tests that you can do, mm-hmm. but they say that most of those um, kind of old fashioned tests are really just wives' tales. And you like if you see an animal eat it, it's edible. Not necessarily true. It depends you which know. animal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. A slug. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so there, I mean, the, the thing they tell you is unless you know for a fact that you have an edible species, you know, yeah. do not eat it. So there have been things that I thought this might be something, but in the end, I'm, I'm a very conservative person actually. Like when it, when comes, it comes to, to eating like mushrooms, that. when it comes to eating stuff <laughs> out of the ground, right out of the ground like that. Right. Um, so do you, but uh, do you sometimes pick and eat the mushrooms? Oh, if yes. You know? Now I do. And this year has been a banner year because it was a really <laughs> wet year. Oh. So Michigan is famous. I would be remiss without mentioning the, <laughs> um, the moral, um, morel mushrooms. My husband always says oh. moral mushrooms as a joke. So now I get confused. Morel <laughs> mushrooms, which is they, they come in the spring. They're, growth is triggered by the melting snow. So okay. um, so they come in the spring and they're famous. And I think in Wisconsin they have them too, but in Michigan it's really, really famous. And people like come and hunt for the morel mushrooms, you know, and it's a big thing. Right. So much so that people are like, oh, there are mushrooms that grow at other times of year too. Like they, they don't even know. They're just, this is all the they know is morel. This episode of the dork <laughs> This is very dorky. <laughs> Yay! It's very, but, but um, so we have morel mushrooms on our land. That's kind of like everyone wants to know Ooh, where the morels yeah. are and they're, they're worth a lot of money. You know, you could sell okay. them to restaurants and people dry them and sell them and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the morel mushrooms. We have um, – there's a kind of oyster mushroom. Um, the family for – the genus for oyster mushrooms is Pleurotus. And there's one the, – the famous one, the, the typical one is Pleurotus ostriatus, right, which I found here in Ann Arbor. Oh, wow. But up north, we have – Pleurotus populinus, which is grows on popple trees and okay. um, poplar, popple, popple trees. Yes, poplar? no, no popple, which I think tree? it's ash. I don't okay. know. They have their own <laughs> names for trees around here. And okay. I'm probably showing my ignorance with that, but I don't think we ever call them that on the West Coast. Right, but and, think- and and the thing is, is there's so many different kinds of trees and kinds of 
Pretty and common names for things vary regionally yep. like crazy yep. too. So that's yeah, especially even with mushrooms, that's why you're supposed to learn the Latin names because the common names vary from oh, region okay. to region. Okay. You know? So um, those oyster mushrooms, the day I found them on the property, I was so excited. But the problem is they can grow really high up in the tree. And then you're standing there just like at the bottom looking at those delicious mushrooms up there. <laughs> no way to get to them because by definition, it's a dead tree if there are mushrooms growing out of it. Okay. Well, this kind of mushroom, kind of mushroom. the oyster mushroom, it grows, grows on dead, 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 dead trees. Things? Okay. So that tree is dead already. So I'm standing there like, well, I'm not going to climb the damn tree because it could fall over. You know, okay. I don't know what else to do. So other, um, my friends from the Michigan Mushroom Hunters Club have said, yeah. oh, we've, we've created our own like mushroom poke and stick, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> so, so I'm getting like some clues for how I might be able to toggle together a tool right without having but the to shimmy best up a tree. idea somebody told me is cut down the tree drag it into your backyard <laughs> <laughs> that does feel particularly human doesn't it, it? Does, you're but like we're just gonna bring the whole tree just bring the whole tree and put it in your backyard so we have so so we have the morels we have the we have oysters yep um we do have a porcini but in this part of the country um, what they call the porcini, um, which is the Boletus edulis. Okay. Um, it's a complex, meaning that there isn't one specific one. Um, but if you, you, there's kind of like a family of them. Okay. Uh, we do have those on our land as well. Um, what we don't have, um, are chanterelles, which, uh, you know, you have in California, those chanterelles. And they have them oh, on a lot nice. of other places in Michigan, but not on our land because it all depends on any. what kind of tree. Well, we, they grow under oak. We don't have any oak on our land. Okay. What we do have um, is uh, cedar. Okay. A lot of cedar, cedar bog, okay, like, you know, okay. a swampy area. So this year, um, the first, you know, the, right before my first class, I went out and I got every mushroom I could find on the property, an example of one. Okay. The point wasn't just to find edible ones. It was to identify all mushrooms. Yeah. So I bring them into class and, and the the – this one mushroom, I said, is this a false chanterelle? I know it's not a chanterelle, but okay. is it what they call a false chanterelle? And she said, no, I don't think so. Now, if uh, a chanterelle is kind of orange color and it has um, its its gills, if you will, it, it doesn't technically have gills, it has ridges, but its okay. gills um, are attached to the stem instead of like free from the stem. They kind oh. of run down the stem a little bit. Oh, it's called decurrent. So this one looked a little bit like that, but they all stopped at a certain point. Like it did, it, it was attached to the stem, but it all stopped. Okay. She says, Oh, I think this is Lactarius deliciosus. Deliciosus? Well, so I remember that name, yep. right? Cause deliciosus. <laughs> it sounds like a really delicious milk. It does actually. <laughs> so it turns out lactarius are, um, a type of mushroom where if you cut them, they will bleed a kind of a latex type of a material. And it's if one of the things. Them, do they not bleed? If you cut, hey, we're full circle to the Shakespeare exactly. now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. So you cut them, what do they bleed? Um, a latex, a type of a latex. And it's all different colors and you can tell what kind of one it is by the color that comes out of it. Oh, so weird. this one you cut it and an orange latex comes out. When you handle it, the, the word mushroom hunters use is stain, but it's kind of like bruise. It bruises a certain color. So it'll okay. stain um, dark brown or dark orange, this mushroom. Okay. Um, on the top, it has concentric circles of orange in the shade of like a creamsicle. 
Oh, weird. Really pretty. Really, yeah. really pretty. So I found that we have a ton of these all over our land. Did some research on them. Technically, what we have is called Lactarius thynos, which is part of the Lactarius deliciosus <laughs> complex. Okay. And I even read somebody's blog online saying, I don't know why they call the deliciosus deliciosus when the thynos is so much more deliciosus. <laughs> So that is some deep, that is some deep. So you're not going to find these ones in a store because I mean, they're very specific. They grow in cedar bogs. Okay. So there aren't that many cedar bogs across the U S right. So anyway, um, I found a whole bunch of these. They're orange. They're beautiful. When you cook them, they're edible and they're delicious. When you cook them, they maintain their color. Oh, wow. So I made an orange mushroom gravy. And I had also found that same week or around that time a whole bunch of black trumpet mushrooms. Um, I've heard of those. Those are craterellus cornucopides. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. and those are awesome. And um, I made a black mushroom gravy sauce with those. So I had an orange mushroom sauce and a black mushroom sauce. So we could watch our Giants games or celebrate Halloween or yeah. whatever. Oh, so, right, right. Oh, yeah. we can do it, do it like that. <laughs> so your fella turned you on to this. Yeah, but he doesn't go with me as much anymore. He's like, <laughs> no, no, it's great. He's like, he's, no, oh, I think it's great that you're doing this, Beth, uh, but I've got something else to do. You know, he goes with me every so often. As a matter of fact, we went, um, a little late in the season now to find any mushrooms around here, but um, a couple of months ago we went just on a bike ride through one of the local parks in Ann Arbor, and Ed found actually the two edible mushrooms that we found that day: shaggy manes, which are edible, okay, and um, giant puffballs, Calveda J. Ginorma or something? No, that can't be right. That can't be right. That can't be right. But what I'm, I, giant puffballs. Those those sound those sound deadly. Those so giant puffballs. That does sound de- deadly. Um, and they, you know, you've have you seen a giant puffball? No. It's about a, the size of a soccer ball, and it's really? white. And kids love them because as they get older, you know what a puffball is, yeah. right? When you kick it or push it. Just- it the spores go poof up into the like sky a like in a big cloud. Yeah, yeah like a, sort like, of. Yeah. yeah, they make a big puffy cloud of. Wow. Yeah. But if you find them when they first pop up, they are. Um, there's no spores yet, and um, as long as you cut it through and it's white all the way through, it hasn't started to turn yellow or start to produce spores. It's edible. Now okay. it doesn't really. It has a mild mushroomy flavor. The, okay. The, it's kind of the tofu of mushrooms. Because <laughs> the key thing is it's going to pick up whatever flavor you cook it in. Okay. But it has, you know, I mean, they're good for you. Mushrooms are good for you. They're high in protein. They're usually high in minerals. And, and they have oh, often really? have a lot of mu- – mushrooms have some of the highest, like, anti-cancer and immune-boosting chemicals or whatever. Yeah, kind of, kind of things. Now, that's interesting because I think I, I, I thought I had read somewhere that they weren't they weren't useful as far as food goes. They don't have a lot of calories, so they don't give you a lot of energy in that regard. Okay. But they do have um, a lot of good stuff in them. Okay. You know, medicinal stuff. Okay. Because um, yeah. I, I would think a giant puffball would it'd be really a great way to sort of um, extend the life of your dinner. It, you know what it is? That's what it is. It's to me, it's the free food aspect of it. My husband was trying to make a list. Somebody, my mother-in-law was like, why is Beth so into mushrooms? 
did you know that about her when you married her? And um, he said, so he I was like, he, he, ma- he told me he made up his own top 10 list of why Beth loves mushrooms <laughs> so much. And I'll see if I can remember. One of them is actually that you get to go outside and have exercise, which I am not an athletic person at right. all. And I struggle with trying to, do, trying something. to do something with my body. Yeah. And I have found that, you know, hiking through the woods – I can do it. I enjoy it, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, I'm getting some exercise. Um, I take pictures, a lot of pictures of the mushrooms. I, that's actually how I got started before I started learning what they were and what was edible. It's, I would just take pictures of them all over the place. I have a, um, uh, oh, an album. Your, that's right. I wanted to mention that album. on my, I, I have a public photo album on my Facebook page, um, that's called Fungus Among Us. <laughs> And it's just pictures of mushrooms. The, the kind of puns that are coming out of your mushroom people. I can't wait. I can't wait to know more. I can't wait to see them all. It's a, but it's at Beth Schumann, S-C-H-U-M-A-N-N for just Twitter. Right. But it's Beth Schumann, uh, Korczynski. 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 Yes. Jackie. You're, yeah. You're just, throwing if you away search your Beth Milwaukee. Schumann, you'll find me on Twitter, on Facebook too. As well. So, as and, well. And, and so. that's where the Fungus Among Us. That's where the Fungus Among Us album, album is. is. And I, I have to admit, I'm so embarrassed because, um, <laughs> I put up pictures of mushrooms with the incorrect Latin name and I, it's been on you're my ruined. list of things to do. Ruined. To go back and fix some of them. I know, for example, I've got a photo up there of Herisium. That I called it a Herisium colloides, and it's a Herisium americanus, <laughs> and I just feel like such a doofus. <laughs> well, and and a, and, a, and a true mushroom is is the backlash of it's it's Gamergate, but mushrooms, and uh, just throwing down. They're oh like, my we're gosh, gonna, we're gonna take this to the streets. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I, I love the idea, cause I do, how do you prepare, how do you prepare different mushrooms? Well, mushrooms, um, because they're closer to, um, the animal kingdom than to the plant kingdom, yeah. you kind of want to treat them like meat in a sense. Like, so you can, um, you can marinate them, you can bake them, you can steam them, you can boil them, you know, but the most common thing people do is saute them. They go yeah. really, really well with like shallots or garlic or something like that. Um, I've started doing this thing. Or? Yeah, a little olive oil, a little butter. You know, they tell yeah. you not to use um, too much butter because the mushrooms will soak up a lot of that butter. And if you're lactose intolerant, you know, like you'll find, oh, you have to keep adding more oil in there. And then right. you'll get sick from the butter, not necessarily yeah. from the mushroom, <laughs> you know. But like uh, we discovered um, a recipe that's – I don't know how to pronounce French words, but okay. it's spelled D-U-X. E-L-L-E-S. And so we're like, is it Doozy? So we've just been calling him Doozies because we don't know. <laughs> you live in Michigan. Because we live do in Michigan. This. We're doing this. So we're, we've been making Doozies out of um, mushrooms lately. And then I use it kind of as a meat substitute, as a ground meat substitute. What? How, how do you make a Doozy? You just chippy, 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 chop up the mushroom. And like <laughs> Make them tiny or Make no? them tiny. You, I, I can even probably put them through the grinder if it's a, um, if it's a firm-bodied mushroom. And just cook it up with um like a paste? Yeah, like a paste. Yeah. Mushroom paste. Kind of like a paste a little bit, and you could just use it to, you know, well, mix you with it? well then you mix it, then then it's an ingredient in other things. Like I've mixed it with cream cheese to make a mushroom dip kind of a thing. Or okay. um I I made it use them instead of um oil, um clams in linguine. 
Okay. Um, because actually I had oyster mushrooms, which do have a little bit of a seafood flavor to them. And so I used these instead. And then last night I made a vegan, uh, mapo dofu, <laughs> Japanese style. What um, is that? <laughs> uh, well, in a Chinese restaurant, it'll be known as spicy tofu or Szechuan style tofu dish or something like that, but it's okay. called mapo dofu. And in Japan is my favorite way that they make it. And they use ground pork. So um, I used these. uh, I I took some maitake mushrooms, cultivated ones I bought at the store, actually. Okay. And um, Chippy chopped them up and and, uh, cooked that and and used it as a substitute for the ground pork instead. So they have a lot of protein you can – and but lower calories and no cholesterol, you know. Right. And then there's – like people – there are people who say that they cured their cancer from, you know, eating certain kinds of mushrooms or whatever. I don't know about that. I mean I don't really want to give people ideas that – The think also uh, works from the music man. Oh, yeah. That's how you can learn (laughs) how to play an instrument. You just think the minuet and B. (laughs) (laughs) Or C or whatever. Right. But, Um, but I do think that, um, that there are health benefits to be had. Like the the oyster mushrooms, for example, can actually lower your cholesterol. So if you have a high cholesterol problem, you know, eat more oyster mushrooms. Oyster mushrooms are also fascinating because they eat meat. (laughs) They eat meat? Yes. They, the, the cells, the, the mycelia, the, 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 the parts of a mushroom are made out of something called hyphae, which are specific kind of cells. And they can take a couple of different forms. And the oyster mushroom creates a round, a circular hyphae. And then inside the log that it's living in. And then if a little worm, a little nematode tries to <laughs> crawl through, it lassos it. And captures it and eats that damn huh. thing. So it supplements its own diet um, of wood. Of wood. <laughs> with, with worms with and whatever. Worms and in it, wood. Small, yeah. Something small enough. And then, to- you know, there's all these mushrooms. They say that the zombie apocalypse is going to come be- about because of fungus. Because you know about these the zombie what? wasps and, and – and, <laughs> No. Oh, so there's this kind of fungus – I can't remember the name of it. Synopsis. That can't be right. Sinise. Okay. No, he's an actor. I can't remember the name right. of it. But anyway, um, it af- attacks, um, ant- there's, uh, it attacks ants or beetles or, um, wasps. There's okay. one. And, um, there's one that attacks, um, a, what they call the winter moth or something like that in Tibet. Um, and it's the biggest cash crop in Tibet is people finding these fungus as they're like popping out because the moth will build itself a little cocoon and the fungus is in there with it and then starts eating on that thing inside the cocoon and then it pops up its little um, mushroom. mushroom. Yeah. It's only – they're really, really teeny. Um, and people crawl on the hillsides finding these things and pull them out and sell them to the Chinese who think they're an aphrodisiac. So it's like the biggest cash crop in Tibet. Anyway, <laughs> but in South America, wow. the, this kind of fungus will attack ants and it sends chemical messages to the ants, ant brain yeah. and tells it to climb to a certain part, point on a tree and then clamp down with its teeth. And stay there. And now, and so that's the perfect environment for the mushroom then to be, for the fungus to be in. Weird. I know. And so that's why, I mean. Uh, that's why the zombie apocalypse. The zombie apocalypse is supposed ants. to be, is supposed to be, when it happens, it'll supposedly happen because of fungus. Because so. a fungus will control an ant that will then grow from it. And that's my, fungus mind controlling an ant 
possibly the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yes. That is awesome. Yes. That, yeah. Holy crap. All we got to do is make that a thousand times bigger. So these things are fascinating, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and they're also, but they're also going to save the planet too. They just found fungus that will eat, um, oil spills and, oh. and plastic garbage in the ocean and stuff like that. So they, I mean, they, 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 they're decomposers. We have, we have those two things. We have oil spills. That, that's what I mean. You it's going to be the greatest day for a fungus and it's, and it's exactly, life because we've exactly. got some bullshit going on. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if they just kind of, I'm not sure somebody probably wants to commercialize that first. <laughs> right. How do we so monetize how, that? They got to monetize yeah. it first. How do we gamify but, that? But if we're going to, if we're, you know, we're not going to save the planet for nothing. <laughs> right. We're not going to just do it. It's uh well, what do I get out of it? A sandwich? Yeah. Yes, you get a sandwich, Dick Cheney. Yeah. So it, we got, you know, it? we've got fungus as food, fungus as ecological, you know, Savior. miracles. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're cool to look at, too. You know, I mean, like, you you know, there's a website called uh, Fantastic Fungi. I don't know if it's .net okay. or .com. But they have a photo gallery there and it's like, you know, crowdsource. So people like upload their photos with a certain hashtag to Instagram and, then, porn. and yeah, and it's total fungus porn. Absolutely. <laughs> and some of them are, are very cool. There are, there are mushrooms that glow in the dark. Oh, I bet. I bet. Very Sirens of Titan kind mm-hmm. of, uh, Vonnegut. The, uh, but that's crazy because I bet you, I mean, the greatest thing about the internet is that you can find like-minded individuals. Oh yeah, it's uh, so. So, are there books that you're constantly trying, like, getting the library, or are you buying them? How do you? Yeah. So, um, the mu- mushrooms vary by region, and you know, the Rockies are a great divider. You know, so oh, right. um, I had to. That's why I had to take a class here in Michigan because um, nothing that I mean, there are there are mushrooms that are the same. You know, we have chanterelles and stuff, but. For the most part, they could be very different or grow on different types of wood here. Okay. You know, so you just have to learn. Like, for example, there is, you can, there, I, I forget which mushroom it is, but there's a mushroom wet. Well, as long as it's growing on, you know, something, it's fine. But if you find it, ever find it growing on hemlock, don't eat it. Well, now I gotta fucking know what hemlock looks like. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's the greatest thing about all of these yeah. sort of projects. Like, if, if you start looking at birds, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, now I need to know trees, and I right. need to know, you know, because that looks like a bluebird, but is it a bluebird or is it uh, something else? Right, exactly, exactly. So I have a book on um, fungus of the Midwest that actually just came out. It has a lot of good pictures. But on the web, um, there's a couple of different websites that are really, really good that have like a lot of details. But there's really, to me, I don't think there's any substitute for, you know, it's like being a comedian. There's no substitute for stage time, right? There's no substitute for yeah. forest time, for foraging time. You know, looking and touching and smelling and talking to somebody who knows what they're looking at. Sometimes I'll take mushrooms to the farmer's market because there's a mushroom lady at the farmer's market. And, okay. and mushroom people love to talk about it. So they'll be like, Ooh, where'd you get those? You know, and they'll start talking to you about it and stuff. So, um, it's, you know, it's very community oriented until you find a patch of mushrooms. And then you say, Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm just walking over here for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) You guys might as well go in that direction. Um, but community breaks down when you find a a gold mine of mushrooms. (laughs) These are like mine, mine, only my mushrooms. These are my, Mushrooms. Where'd you find those mushrooms? Um, 
Up in northern I can, Michigan. I don't think I can, I don't think I can find them I'm again. Pretty don't worry sure, about it. Pretty sure I can't be any more specific than to say Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you're never supposed to tell anybody where you found. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's, they're just like, well, it's, 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 uh, are, are there people who buy land just because of the mushrooms? I betcha. Oh boy. I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, there's, uh, the, 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 you know, you, you were asking about, you're not supposed to pick flowers. We started there. So this teacher that I had this class with, she took us to the um, U of M biological station yeah. to go foraging as part of our class. Yes. And on our way out, I noticed the signs that said, do not remove any, you know, plant material. Right. And, um, I figure she works for U of M or something. So must be okay, you know. But mushroom people always will argue. Well, it's not technically a plant, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I'm not removing plant material, you know. Or they'll give you the argument that it's just a fruit. It's like picking an apple from a tree. You're right. not hurting anything. But I was It'll at Hearst Castle and I wanted to pick a pomegranate, and they were like, "Nope." And I said, yeah, but there's a million pomegranates. And there's, I mean, because the Hearst Castle, the Hearst Grounds, he planted so much, there's so much food on that, mm. on, on that. And they're like, no, no. And I said, well, what about what happens when they fall? And they're like, well, they just cart them off. And I was like, you know, so that to me just sounds stingy. That's yeah. your, that's your basic one percenters saying, I'm pretty sure this is our land and uh, yeah. not yours. Right. Um, but I, I, I think that when the, like, the state does that, um, it's preservation. I think it's preservation in, yeah. in that case. There's a, there's a, um, a, 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 some woods in, right in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor's great, by the way. I mean, like in San Jose, like we had no, um, my park strip in front of my house was like the green space in our neighborhood, right. you know? So, I mean, we have, um, there's parks everywhere here. So there's yeah. a, some woods and I'm walking through the woods and they're in, it butts up against two different schools that I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. And the, so for the kids can go into the woods and, you know, have, and they have nature yeah, walks yeah. and stuff, whatever. Um, so they have signs saying that you're not allowed to remove anything. You're not allowed to go off the trail. Okay. Well, I accidentally <laughs> went off the trail when I saw a gorgeous mushroom yep. and, um, I felt like such a criminal. It was so funny <laughs> because I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. That's a lion's mane. That lion's mane is the heresium. It's my favorite mushroom. It's got a nutty flavor and oh, yeah? it's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. And it's one of the top five, you know, immune boosting mushrooms. Oh, there you go. And so it's like really good for you. And I see it and it's perfect. You know, it's like perfect, beautiful right Now's there. Now's the time to get it. Look around, look around. I don't <laughs> see anybody. Oops, I dropped my keys off the trail. I better go get them. And then as I'm like cutting this mushroom and putting it in my bag, I yeah. stand up and there's like a jogger, you know, running behind me. And I'm like, <laughs> he probably doesn't care. He probably thinks, no, he doesn't. what's that crazy person taking shit off of a tree for? <laughs> You know, um, so I don't know who would care. I honestly right. don't. They have the signs up, but I really don't know who would turn me in uh, right. for taking a mushroom well, off a lot. So, okay, two questions. One is a basic, like when you're walking around in the woods, are you are you constantly? Do you have to look down? Are you looking up? So where, this where is are you um, this is part of the problem of being a mushroom hunter. Is sometimes I get so excited thinking about Pleurotus populinus that right. I forget to even look for Belitis edulis. You know, <laughs> um, 
So <laughs> because they could grow up in trees, they right. could grow on the ground, they could grow, you know, on uh, at the base of a tree, um, pretty much anywhere. However, what I'm mostly going to look for is decaying wood because. Okay. Although a lot of the, a lot of them, like the chanterelle is going to grow on a living, living tree mm-hmm. on the, it doesn't grow on the tree. It grows on, um, out of the rootstock, but, um, that'll grow on a living tree. But a lot of the ones I'm looking for, I know grow on dying wood. So it's a good place to start. Okay. The other thing is if you know what time of year it is and what season, what might be coming, then you know, oh, hen of the woods is out, up look. now. I'm going to look at the base of the oak trees, right. you know, so that kind of thing. So knowing, what you're looking for, what environment it likes. And what season. And what season it is. But I am constantly, my eyes are constantly darting around the ground. You know, like it's become, it's a weird (laughs) obsession. Um, I'm driving in the car and I'm like drive past woods and I'm like constantly turning my head like unsafely (laughs) looking. Do I see anything? Do I see anything? Do I see anything? Yeah. and I'm totally obsessed because there's a tree that I know that um, grows um, oysters and um, – <laughs> So you check on it? I check on it. <laughs> Not anymore. I know the season's kind of over now, but right. I would check on it. And I would be like, feel that antsy, itchy feeling like in the morning like – I better go. I, I think I better go check we, on that we tree. We sometimes you know? get a mushroom in our front yard uh, that I will now be taking a photo of. And okay. sending you that photo so that you can say, oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, that, that I'm very, uh, Beth Schumann, you should know this. It's been an hour. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know it. <laughs> I, I have so much more to say. <laughs> I know it. I know. I could have to have you back, but it's at Beth Schumann on Twitter and it's, uh, Beth Schumann Korchinski on Facebook yes. with the public fungus among us, uh, <laughs> photos if people want to check it out. And you're doing stand up at, you do stand up at Ann Arbor Showcase and, yes. and, and you work wherever they'll, wherever you get to. Yes. Doing the stand up comedy. With yeah. The right around in the Midwest area. Right. And, uh, uh, thank you so much for being on the door for us. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care out there. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?